Hello, everybody, and welcome in on a Friday. Jim and Trent right here on the Big Talker 1700. Great show lined up for you today. Uh, the cool part about this show is that we're only on for an hour today, Trent. I, ah. I, I kind of like the I kind of like these hours. You're early to the bar for you, Jimmy B. That means maybe an extra an extra seven and seven on the on the forefront for you this evening. Uh, you never know, pal. There's yeah. always a possibility of that. Yeah, yeah. And NFL football is on. In fact, sure. uh, right here on our air, we're going to have the uh, Chiefs uh, game as well. We will. Pre-game show will start at five o'clock. We're out of here early six o'clock. With the kickoff as Kansas City talked with Mitch Holtis earlier today. They're down in Atlanta. Get to see Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I know Mitch was excited about that. And then football tonight, Jimmy B. We got Kansas City tonight. And how about tomorrow? A noon preseason kickoff on a Saturday with their Vikings in their matchup against Jacksonville. And uh, then a nightcap at 8 o'clock. We'll get the Bears and Denver. Pretty good preseason action and, and a lot of different nuggets you can pull out here. It was good last night. Unfortunately, with uh, DirecTV, I don't have the the dot twos and the dot threes, the digital channels. Yeah. So I had right. to watch the uh, the replay on NFL Network a bit this morning of the Packers. But uh, that won't be the case for the other three locals here the next two days. Packers a little bit. Hey, what did you think? Did you watch any of the Jets Redskins last night and and the new what will be the Monday Night Football crew? Yeah, I watched some of it. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, what's everybody so excited about? I mean, those the, that that crew has called a lot of football. I, I don't, I don't have a, a big issue. I've I've never been. If the announcers are decent to good, I'm I, I'm in. If they're lousy and they ruin your enjoyment of the game, then I'm not uh, thrilled about that trend. But I'm not judging a game by the broadcasters unless they're just god-awful. I thought they might have been god-awful. And I like you Joe Testator. Really? Yeah, I like Testator. And, and I wanted to give Jason Witten a fair shake, but I thought they sucked. I, I thought it was terrible. Booger McFarland jumping in. I, I was hopeful that they weren't going to fall into the same trap that they had before when they went yeah. down the road with, uh, who was it? Tony Saragusa. Remember, he was down yes. on the sideline. Yes, and then he was always in, on the field. And he was yeah. terrible, and it was awful. And now we have the same thing with Booger McFarlane. Jason Witten is not Tony Romo, bringing a guy straight out of the booth and handing him that kind of gig. I understand he's a nice guy, but Jimmy B., it was awful. It was really, yeah. really bad, I thought. Every play-by-play guy, you don't have to be You don't have to be Joe Buck. You don't have to be by the book. You don't. And Joe Testator, he does things a little bit differently. Jim, I was incredibly disappointed last night. I wanted to give it a fair shake. I thought it was mm-hmm. bad. And Monday Night Football, I mean, you're talking about the stars and what it used to be. And I understand they don't get the same games that they once did. Those great games now are on Sunday Night Football in the package on NBC. Jimmy B., I was incredibly disappointed what I saw heard last night. Well, uh, I was just kind of referring to Joe Tess, not, not the rest of the crew when I made my comments, but... Uh, I get where you're going, and I hate it when they throw color guys in uh, just you know right off the field and into the booth on such a major stage. Look, they got lucky with Tony Romo. Uh, he was rough when he first started, but he improved so quickly that I think a lot of people forgot about uh, the stumbles that he had when he first began. I, I don't, I don't know. Look, it's. Here, here's and you know I've I've been in this business. I've worked with a lot of people that were just cutting their teeth, and 
I, and I could I worked with Wimp Sanderson when he got axed at Alabama, mm-hmm. and I'm calling a college game, and and I got I got Wimp Sanderson at Virginia Tech, his first game ever, and so we're doing the game on TV, and the guy rarely said anything. I mean, I I I'd set him up, and there'd be, yeah, that was a nice shot. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, a guy, a guy makes a spectacular spin move to the hoop, and you know me, I come out of my chair and, and call it for a slam dunk, and he goes, "Yeah, that's a, that's pretty good. You can tell the crowd's into this." What? <laughs> come on, tell, tell me why it worked. Uh, you know, you get you get caught like that. Wimp never really made it as a, as a TV commentator. I worked with Rolly Massimino a couple of times. Um, when he tried it, and you know he was a little more entertaining, but you know it, it just wasn't it just wasn't him. It didn't work for him. Some guys that you think are going to be good, it just doesn't translate. I hope that's not the case for Jason Witten. I hope that he improves quickly. I hope they work with him. But I agree with you from the standpoint that they're plugging them in on a big stage on Monday Night Football. Well, we got a lot more to get into here past the NFL college football talk. We'll talk some Hawkeyes uh, right away here at about 4.15 or so. John Bonacamp, he's going to be stopping by. Then after that, it'll be John Walters. So Hawkeyes and Cyclones talk here in our one hour on the program today. Jimmy B., what else? Uh, what else hit your fancy from the sports night last night you wanted to tackle here in our first segment? Well, one thing, and and I, I'm really upset about unwritten baseball rules, Trent. Uh, I, look, I'm an old timer, and so I'm supposed to be old school. And you throw it, guys, and I, I've 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 changed my stance. I really have. I mean, a guy throws a 97-mile-per-hour heater, uh, very first pitch, an intentional hit batsman. He gets six games, Urena does, and a suspension. I I don't know, Trent. I I don't know. I I just don't like, you know, well, you never show up the pitcher. Why can't you? I mean, it happens in other sports. Why can't you, if you jack one, why can't you flip the bat and trot around the bait? No, you can't do that. You can't. They're going to throw at you. Well, wait a minute. Who says that they have a dangerous weapon in their hand where not only they could possibly end your career, they could end your life as well? I know it's taking it to an extreme. I get that. But I look, guys are going to get plunked. I, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to come at the guy, wouldn't you just throw him a little high heat a little bit, just come inside just a little, just to back him off the plate, not go after him from the very first pitch? I don't know, Trent. Am I all wet on this? Where are you on these so-called unwritten rules? Yeah, they drive me nuts. And, Jim, we've been working together going on four years now, and you know it drives me insane. It's just... It, it, it's not good for the game. It, these old stodgy no. rules that don't make a whole lot of sense. This wasn't a guy showing you up. This wasn't a guy that was John as he's running around the bases. This is a guy that was just playing well. And to plunk a guy for playing well, unthinkable. Yes. Yet here we are. And then only to give six games on the suspension because of it. He must. He doesn't even miss a start. You just push your start back a couple of days. That's it. Yeah. That's all that yeah. comes out of this. I think it sends a bad message. But baseball... 
uh, they've been good at sending bad messages throughout a long, long time period now across the landscape. With that, Jimmy B, we got to get a break here. John Bonacamp stopping by as we try to pack in a lot here. Just an hour tonight before Kansas City Chiefs football. We're talking Hawkeyes next with John Bonacamp. Welcome back, Jimmy B. And TC continues on here just until 5 o'clock tonight as we have Kansas City Chiefs football coming your way. 5 o'clock with the pregame, 6 o'clock with the kickoff. Atlanta KC game number two of the preseason and your home and away voice all season long of the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, we're going to get into the Iowa Hawkeyes. John Bonacamp joining us from the Burlington Hawkeye, the self-proclaimed wise owl, and I'm coming out yes. hot. Yeah, not, not just Jimmy B. He's, he's the wise owl, but I think he coined that term himself. Am I right, John? Yeah, but it's it's accurate. Oh, I mean, it's, oh, I, I, I figured mean, it was. I, yeah, <laughs> it was either wise owl or gritty, one of the two, I, or, or both. If you if you really want to do that, <laughs> but I mean, let's say I mean I'm I'm seldom wrong. You know, I mean it's not. I'm guaranteed to be accurate ninety nine point eight percent of the time. So yeah, uh-huh. I think it's I think it's I think it's an accurate. Well, Wise Owl, let's let's get into it, and uh, we're going to talk some football with you as as we repair two weeks away from the opening kickoff against Northern Illinois. But Iowa okay. releases their non-conference basketball schedule earlier this week, and uh-huh. as has been the case under Fran McCaffrey, it is littered with bad teams. Now, John, I have never argued that Iowa needs to be playing Duke and Carolina and Kentucky and the who's who of college basketball. I understand the way the game is played. Everybody plays by games. And I also understand the limitations of scheduling. You know, the first two games of the regular season this year, they didn't have control about that. That is part of the 2K uh, classic games that they're playing. Oregon in the first game, then either UConn or Syracuse in the second game. And with that, the two other games are part of this. They had no control. But they did have control of four games, four non-conference games that they had control of, and those four games are absolutely dreadful. I get it. By games, everybody plays them. You have to do it. But playing the worst of the worst in all four of those games, that's where my rub is. Take it away, John Bonacamp. Well, part of the problem, and this this is this is something that I, I think, and I and I've been looking over some other Big Ten schedules that are out there, and a lot of those schools have the same sort of, of problem. And and you mentioned it about the two K. I keep want I keep wanting to call it the Y two K class, <laughs> but the, the, the two K classic game. You you don't have any control over who you know. You don't have any control over the pool of teams. Now there may be some cases, and I don't know what the contractual obligations are with this where you get you know there may be a situation where there's a pool of teams and you get to say okay we get we want to play these i don't think that's how this works with this tournament i don't know for sure i haven't seen contracts but those games that's part of the deal so you have to play them what the problem that has kind of come into now and moving down the road is that you get two big 10 teams in the first weekend in december that's a prime scheduling weekend for when you could get those made-for-TV games. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you don't have you you lose that weekend. You lose the next weekend for finals. Um, you know, so really, when you look at their schedule, and and, you, and you're right, there's maybe only three or four of those dates on there where you can go find somebody, 
and two of those are in in, in this schedule are at times when you're just not going to find it. And I go back to the Wednesday before Thanksgiving game with is that Alabama State? I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you're not going to get a Power Five game that week because all the really good teams are playing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They're playing in a tournament or, you know, I mean, there's so many holiday tournaments right now. You're not going to find a really good game that we could go back to last year. Iowa State played Western Illinois on Saturday night. No offense to the Leatherneck. But, <laughs> you know, you're not going to find a big name team to play in that game. The other thing is, do you really want to? Because you, you're going to play the week before. You're going to play Oregon and either Connecticut or Syracuse. The following week, when that game was scheduled and when the Alabama State game was scheduled, you didn't know who the ACC opponent was going to be. Which, great. I mean, it's Pitt. It's not, I mean, Pitt's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah. But you didn't know that at the time. So you're playing in your next four games are an ACC team, back to back Big Ten games, and Iowa State. So in between those six games, you know, what do you want to do there? Do you want to play? You know, do you want to go play another Power Five team? Okay, now you're playing seven in a row. You know, or do you want to play somebody where you can, you know, get some guys some rest, get some, you know, guys some playing time, you know, and try to fi- you're still trying to figure out your team at this point. So, you know, so what do you want to do that weekend, uh, that week? You know, it's the same sort of problem that comes up in the final game of the, of the non-conference schedule when they play Bryant. Who are you going to find right before conference play? Play. Is that uh, You're not hey, John? Play. Is that what? John? Is that Kobe Bryant or his dad, Joe Belly Jean Bryant? Chris, actually, it's Chris Bryant. Actually, Chris Bryant. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah who's, who's injured right now and then you know, fragile. But anyway, um, so anyway, but it's like, so who are you going to find at that point? Because I, I went back and looked. You know, the Summit League has open. Will have open conference play that week. They're not going. You know, you're not going to mm-hmm. find a team there. Um, the Valley is opening up. You know, you're, you're not going to find a quality opponent on two of those dates now. So now you're kind. Of, so now you're stuck with those two games in December. You know, you're going to want to play. You know, you're going to want to play somebody easy right before Christmas because those guys, you guys, are going to have one foot out the door. They're wanting to go home for Christmas. You don't want to get a lost. And so, that's, so if you really look at the schedule. And, and as you look further down the road in next year, whatever, there really aren't a lot of available dates to find hmm. decent big name opponents, but or John, even you know, you know. I but and John, that's going to be okay, I, and that's going to be part of a problem going down the road. Now, keep in mind that I love the Hy-Vee Classic, and I wish they were keeping it. But that date down the road is probably going to be a neutral court game somewhere. And, whether it's yep. United Center, mm-hmm. whether it's Sioux Falls, whether it's something in Wells Fargo, who knows what you know? Some promoter may come up with there. You know, do you play a home and home? You play a neutral, neutral with a Kansas or a Missouri? Go play a game in Kansas City. Play a game in Des Moines. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with that. So in reality, their their schedule right now is a little limited in what they can do, and you also want to get home games. And that's another problem. And, and, and I've been I've been working on a story all summer that I'm going to run this fall on scheduling. And I've talked to a lot of coaches. I've talked to Ben Jacobs and 
Billy Wright over at Western Illinois. Fran and I had a, had a discussion about this recently, you know, and it'll be stuff I'll be doing. But, but I mean, everybody wants to play you, but they always want to play you at their place. Sure. You know, and that, and so that's why it, because you know, scheduling right now is a really, it's a concern because you don't, you want to get home games and you're going to run into this next year where you're going to be Iowa State on the road. Um, the ACC Big Ten game is probably going to be on the road. Uh, if they decide to play the Gavitt game, Gavitt game thing again, which I hope they do, I hope they get back into that. You know, is that a home or road game? So I mean, it's like your 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 options are a little bit limited. And and like I said, everybody says, well, you got eleven games. Well, you start whittling off all the obligations, and now you only have three or four that you got to fill. And so it it you know, looking at Illinois' schedule, it's similar. You know, UCLA schedule, similar, that sort of thing. And, I mean, granted, it's a different conference. They don't play as many league games, but there's a lot of similarities. You just don't see the home and homes anymore. And I don't like it. I would rather, you know, I loved years ago when Kansas was at Carver Rock. I loved going now on Fieldhouse for a game, which everybody needs to do at some point. You know, um, I love the home and homes with Missouri, and I hope someday that comes back, something like that. But but really, the, the options are really limited anymore with the number of games and the scheduling obligations that you have with a, a, an exempt tournament or the Big Ten or whatever. But, John, here here's my thing. Okay. As you laid it out very succinctly, I think, and very correctly. I agree with mm-hmm. all the points you're making. I'm not saying mm-hmm. replace Western Carolina with North Carolina. I'm not saying right. replace Savannah State with uh, who's good in the South, Florida. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is right. replace those games with a middle-of-the-road MAC team that's going to be 175 yep. in the RPI. Looking at the numbers from last year, Eastern Michigan. You know, a middle-of-the-road MAC team that isn't going to kill you. When you play and you have those two games at the beginning that are bad, last year UMKC and UW-Green Bay were bad. And then you couple right. that with the four other games that are all, all four of those teams were in the 300-plus in Ken Palm last right. year. When you do that, that's my argument. So I, I think you're moving the goalposts on me here, Bone and Camp. Well, 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 but what I'm saying is that it is, that it, it is a situation where as, 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 as we move down the road, and, and you're seeing it with this schedule, that a lot of your options of getting, because I will get people... I don't get people that argue so much about, okay, we need like a MAC team or whatever. They want to see a Kansas come to town. Yeah, they want to see yeah. Missouri. They want to see those games aren't going to happen anymore. If they do, they're going to happen on another court somewhere else. You see, you're not, you're not, you you're not taking on you know, a lightweight here, though. I, I'm coming at you. I'm a blackbird. You might be the wise owl, but I'm a blackbird, and I'm coming back fighting. Oh, yeah. and, <laughs> so I'm not going to make it easy for you. It just... because, because like I said, especially <laughs> that Wednesday game, it's going to be hard because cause the teams you're talking about, like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the mm-hmm. teams you're talking about, those MAC teams, are playing in a tournament, likely playing in a tournament somewhere to get, you know, and with their fodder in, in a Puerto Rico tip-off or, um, you know, some of those tournaments where they're getting good money or they're probably playing a home game against, a lower level Summit League team or MEAC team or whatever else because they've got to play home games too. So it's really hard sometimes to find those teams that will really want. Now, I, I will tell you this, and I was looking at the Illinois schedule. One of the teams they play, they play East Tennessee State 
at home. That's a game that, that I would like to see Iowa get because Steve Forbes is an yes. Iowa guy. It's a competitive game, but that that game is the same weekend as the as the Hy-Vee Classic. So it, you know, again, the the the, the problems that the, the things that you want to see. Those are problems that are being faced at the lower levels in the MAC and in the Valley and those sort of things because those teams need to play home games too. Sure, no, so they're I trying to find so 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 they may not be willing to come to Carver Hawkeye on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. They might want to be playing at home against North Carolina A and T. What other you know, thing, or and, something like that? I, I also wondered this, and maybe you could answer this question: Is mm-hmm. the cost of bringing in? Kent State, you know, a, a good program, had great success in Elite Eight run back in the day when they, of course, had San Diego Charter, Antonio Gates in the middle. But right. a team like them, a Central Michigan, a Cal State Fullerton, uh, San Francisco from the WCC, what the cost is to bring them in for a bye game as opposed to these dregs of college basketball. And if it also comes into, you know, when you're looking at your budget seat, well, it costs $75,000 to bring in Savannah State and... And Cal State Fullerton wants one hundred seventy-five thousand. Do you know if that also plays into it? Sure, it does. I mean, you know, it's like one of the things when I was talking to Billy Wright over at Western Illinois. He said, for for schools like that, there are there are two there are two periods during the non-conference schedule when you can make a lot of money. And he said it's for an opener. And he said, and he actually said three. It's for an opener, for a Thanksgiving week game, or a Christmas week. And he said, because that's when the bidding starts, you know. Okay. And he goes, so so as for so for schools like that, that's why they want to go play those games because they can get a little bit more money during those times. But like I said, they also want to play home games too. So they might be playing, you know, Western Illinois might want to play a Tuesday night home game before Thanksgiving because they don't want to be traveling on Thanksgiving, you know, um, uh, right before Christmas. They may not want to be playing, you know, they might want to. So everybody wants to be at home. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And around this time, so he's like, you know, we can go play School X, you know, a Power 5 school Wednesday before Thanksgiving and make a lot more money than if we played them on December 15th. You know, so uh, there, is, there is a bidding. But, yeah, some of these guys are, some of these schools are a lot cheaper to get. John, let me jump in here because we're running a little tight on time. I do sure. want to get uh, a football question uh, in here. Did I win the debate, by the way? Anyway, uh, no, no, I'm, not I'm, even close. I'm, I'm calling it a oh, toss-up. It's, 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 okay, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. The thing that I wanted to ask you is now the talk around is the guys who will not play for Iowa uh, in the mm-hmm. opening game against Northern Illinois. Uh, look, Iowa has depth. Uh, they're a Big Ten conference team compared to a MAC team, but we have seen MAC teams come into Kinnick and win. Northern Illinois did it in the past. Central Michigan has come in and won. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are others as well. I mean, you just can't go out on the field and go through the motions against Northern Illinois, right? No. Oh no, and 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 that's why I think this is a good. And we've talked about this before. It's it's a good situation that that you've got a month to prepare for this, so you have an idea on who's going to play. And to me, the biggest concerns are the two tackle spots. You know, the defensive guys they've got a deep and deep enough rotation that they can fill that in. That's not a problem to me. It's the two tackle spots in the offensive line. But I think what you're going to see is 
Um, so that's why you got a month to prepare. And, and I think it's a good thing long-term, but it'll be really curious to see who can fill in those roles and see that because you're going to be putting guys out there that have never played that position in a game, in a key game like that. And it is going to be a good team to play. So it is a concern. I think that, to me, that's the biggest concern is who starts in those two offensive line spots because that's who's protecting your quarterback. That who kind of make, is going to make everything go. You're putting some inexperienced guys in there, but you've got a month to prepare for it. And I think that's probably what the main focus has been here, especially, and especially now as we get in the last couple weeks for the season. Iowa is playing in Indianapolis. Big Ten championship game. If that happens, what's the biggest reason for it? Um, I, I, I think it is going to be up front. And I, and I think it's going to be on the offensive line. And I think it's going to be how this line group comes together and works together because their best teams have always had really good lines. And and I think the talent is there defensively on, up front. It's just going to be a question now of how that all fits together up front because if that if everything works up front, that offense can do a lot of things in terms of running the ball, getting the ball to, to your best athletes, the tight ends. So, so to me, that's going to be – if they're there, it's because they're playing up front. That's why Wisconsin's so good. You know, we know that as well as anybody. That's why Wisconsin is so good at what they do because they're good up front. That's going to be the key for Iowa when, when you get through September, when you get in that Wisconsin game and the rest of the way, is how good are they going to be on the offensive line. John, good John stuff. Bonacamp. Hey, always yep. enjoyed it, John. And uh, I, I think you just don't understand what I argue with. I know some of your what? goofball fans over there in Burlington might argue about <laughs> wanting Kansas to come in. I just don't want to see six games against the dregs of college no. hoops. That's it. And, 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 and I agree. And I agree because I, I, I would like to see, you know, I would like to see, you know, I go back to, you know, maybe in those December games, you, that's maybe where down the road you and I and Drake fit in. Yes. But but I think that, you know, in some of those situations, especially like that, like, you know, the Bryant game, the one before Thanksgiving, I don't think you have much of a choice. I think you, 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 your inventory, your scheduling inventory is pretty limited at that point. So, you know, like I said, I think you're going to be, in, there's going to be some interesting things down the road with the schedule, especially what replaces the Hy-Vee Classic. To me, that's going to be the one thing that I really want to see is, is how that moves forward and what they do with that game. It feels good to put the wise owl in his place. John? You didn't! You didn't! <laughs> no! Ah, this is no. great! Uh, I'll be fine. I, I, just like your Dodgers, <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine, too. So, anyway. Love the debate. Love the debate, John. Always fun talking with you. We will do it again as we get ever closer to football season. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Talk to you later. John Bodekamp with the Burlington Hawkeye. Quick time out here. We're going for the Hawkeyes to the clones next. John Walters, he joins us here on Jimmy B and TC. And welcome back, everybody. We continue right here on the Big Talker 1700 as we welcome in the longtime voice of Iowa State. John Walters is our guest. John, as always, hello to you. And I want to I start with this right away. Is this something that head coach Matt Campbell feels that he is really good at, just finding great athletes? He takes a quarterback last year in Joel Lanham, turns him into a middle linebacker, and now Lanning's in the Dallas Cowboys trying to make the squad. And now Warren, the running back, is now working out at free safety. What in the wide, wide world of sport, John, is going on? Well, 
It's hard to say for sure, Jim. Um, I, I, I think the thing you want to probably read into that is that it, it probably says really good things about how good uh, Johnny Lang is and how good Kanae Wangu is and Sheldon Crony, uh, because I think those guys are, uh, you know, nipping on the heels of, of David Montgomery, and that's uh, a really deep room. And so uh, it, it might have come down to just, you know, what, where's the best possibility for uh, Mike to get on the field in some way, shape, or form, and, and that might have been his best option. But I'm not sure. I haven't talked to the coaches about that. They uh, uh, didn't, you know, didn't make that move like in spring or anything like that. So it'll be curious to see how that all plays out. It will be, and you know, you talk about just such an interesting career for Mike Warren. Had the freshman season with over 1,300 yards rushing, averaged nearly six yards a carry, and then last year, you know, didn't even get a carry six of the last seven. Most guys in his spot would have transferred. Tell us about Mike Warren, though, the young man. What what kind of kid he is? Well, Mike's Mike's a quality guy, you know, and and uh, he likes being a part of Iowa State University, and he likes being a part of this football program, and. He's trying to find some way to, to contribute in, in a positive manner. And, um, you know, he's, I, I think hats off to him for, for going this route and giving it a shot, you know. Um, it's, it, it, he's seen others do it before and, and have some success. And it's not unusual for guys to change positions. But, um, it, you know, it has, it's happened a lot. Robbie Garcia moved from defensive line to offensive line and ended up as a starter uh, you mentioned Joel Lanning. There's been numerous uh, examples of guys who have switched from one spot to another in order to try to uh, fill a void on the roster. And certainly Iowa State at safety, it's probably one of their most inexperienced spots on the field because uh, losing the three guys that were back there a year ago, um, you know, all three were seniors that moved on. Kamari Cottonmoy, obviously Everett Edwards uh, moved on as well. And, um, you know, you, you've got a void to fill there. So, um, you know, there's some young guys that are working their way in. DeMonte Ruth's had a really good camp, and they're excited about him. And then you look at guys like Lawrence White, who started the bowl game. Um, you know, he's he's in a good spot. They brought in Greg Eisworth, who's got three years of eligibility left. That's awesome. Uh, they're very high on him. And he was a highly touted junior college player. So um, there's some guys there. They just don't have a lot of experience. So uh, if you're looking at a spot on the field where, you know, there might be more opportunity, that certainly would be at, be at the top of the list. Iowa State's voice, John Walters, is our guest on the Big Talker 1700, Jimmy B and TC. John, let me just carry this out a little bit. With the way that they are now preparing for this season, in your estimation, if they are 2-1 and one after their first three games, are they on a roll, do you think? Well, uh, it depends on if one of those two is the Oklahoma game. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, as you look at the big picture of the, the Big 12 Conference race, if they were to find a way to win that game, it would really put them in a great position uh, going forward. You know, they get Oklahoma and TCU in the month of September this year. And, um, you know, last year having beaten Oklahoma and TCU, it kind of put them in, a, in a, almost a driver's seat type situation to control their destiny because they had those tiebreakers with those top two teams. Um, you know, unfortunately, lost a couple games that came right down to the very end. And you think about Oklahoma State and Kansas State, how easily those games could have gone the other way. West Virginia came down, you know, to the final possession as well. 
Um, you know, but if they're in that situation again this year where there's legitimate talk about the potential to reach the Big 12 championship game, it sure would do them a lot of good uh, to win those tiebreakers again. So if they could catch Oklahoma early, uh, that would be huge. But obviously that's a tall task. Uh, it, you know, it had been a lot of years since Iowa State had beaten Oklahoma, period. Uh, beating them back-to-back years is going to be tough. But, you know, I, I, I'm excited about it. And I'm excited that they catch them early because – Iowa State does have a veteran quarterback returning in Kyle Kemp, uh, a lot of experience returning at key positions, and, and Oklahoma's working in a new quarterback, although he's very, very talented. Uh, you catch him early in the season. So, uh, you know, I think there's some advantages there, and obviously the game being at Jack Trice Stadium and American Energy Field uh, is exciting too. But, um, yeah, two and one start would be would be good. Uh, I think nobody is going to be satisfied with that. They're looking to hopefully start 3-0. and John, the expectations are big. I just want you to to imagine for a moment, Iowa State makes their first ever appearance in a Big 12 championship game. We've seen the caravan making its way down to Kansas City for the Big 12 basketball tournament. What would be the expectation, Jerry World, first Saturday in December, Iowa State playing whoever it is to win the Big 12 conference? Well, it would be absolutely nuts, Trent. I mean, it would be absolutely nuts if you think about the caravan of cars that would be headed down 35 and people flying down there as well. Not to mention, there's a tremendous uh, group of Iowa State fans that live right in Dallas. The Dallas-Fort Worth Cyclone Club is about as strong a Cyclone Club as we have. And um, the thought of that would be just off the charts as far as the fan base and how excited they would be. Uh, no doubt about that. But a lot of uh, a lot of hurdles to clear before we get to that point. But yeah, that would be something that would be just uh, surreal and um, would really speak volumes about how far this program has come under Matt Campbell if they could get to that point. John, I'm not a big fan of players being on watch lists. It seems like uh, most players get on those. But I am a big fan of skill and talent, and David Montgomery has that. Does he need to have a similar season like last year or an even better season than last year for Iowa State to be in that uh, top three or four teams uh, in the Big 12? Well, that's a, that's a good question, Jim. I don't, I, I, it's hard to say exactly. I think he had a dynamite season a year ago. If you went back and looked at, at how many tackles he broke, he led were as high as any player in the country, but his yards before contact were not. And so, you know, if that offensive line improves a little bit and, and provides him a few bigger holes, uh, who's to say, you know, what a young guy like that could do because he's so determined, a tremendous character guy, great leader on the football team. And um, and if the blocking improves for him, yeah, there, there's every reason to think he could have an even better year. And that's, that's a scary proposition for the people playing Iowa State. But I would put David up there with any running back in college football, and I think uh, he, he is really primed to have a big year, and hopefully that happens for him. Getting closer and closer to football season. Joining us, John Walters, the voice of Iowa State. John, uh, always appreciate the time here. Looking forward to another great season. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. John Walters joining us here. Jimmy B. Expectations mm-hmm. are big, They're, at least on the are. local level. Now, yes, I, yeah. you look at it. They were picked seventh in the conference. I've seen a couple of eight places out there. You know, there was a team last year in our state that the local expectations were a lot higher than the regional expectations or the national expectations. 
could we be falling into a trap here? It is Iowa State football, by the way, Jimmy B. We're talking about here. Yep. Not a whole I, lot I, of benchmarks for historic success. I, I read you loud and clear, and and look, that's that that's just the way it is uh, with the Cyclones. You're absolutely right, and I know that we're close to the program, we're close to the Iowa program, we're close to the UNI program, and sometimes maybe we. I don't say that you and I look at it through rose-colored glasses. That's neither one of our styles. But I hope, Trent, that we are not overlooking something because I see where the national people that you just referenced have them 7th, 8th, where we're looking that they might be in the top four. Mm -hmm. So I I just hope that, that we are reading it correctly and that this time the national guys have swung and missed. We will see. Well, let's hope that's not the case. But, yeah, a lot of times you cover a team game in and game out, and you're right, you your judgment kind of is clouded because you yes. overlook it. And, yeah. But the other side could be it very well, frankly, because I look at this team and I look at this roster, and if they had anything other than the I stayed on the helmet and there were anybody else in the Big 12, even Kansas had done what they did and had the roster that they had returning, I don't think the expectations would be this low, but alas, here we are. Jim, quickly, I'm going to kick you out of studio. I'm going to welcome in Jennifer Albright. She's got an app. Have you made it to the fair this year? Are you going to make it to the fair this weekend? The the what? The uh, the Iowa State Fair. Is that a no from you? Uh, You mean where uh, it it stinks all the time, where the horse poop is laying out? What? Well, I mean, if you go in the horse barn, of course it will, but you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to go stay the by horse the horse barn. You don't have to stay by the horse barn all day. <laughs> you go other places, Jim. No, I, I've gone down for a day. I've been there once. Once. That, that's all Jimmy B is. Well, for people that's heading a, this weekend, we we got something yeah. good for you coming up here. Something a little bit different. We're joined right now by Jennifer Albright, and well, Jen, I know your husband. We play fantasy baseball together because we're really, really cool guys. How you doing today? <laughs> Great. How are you? Uh, doing very well. So I uh, made another appearance at the State Fair this morning. It's my third time being down there. I think it's it. But uh, you have something really cool and, and I think a great idea. I have a three-year-old at home. And at the fair, hot days, sometimes it can get a little bit long for the youngsters. And a really cool idea. Tell us a little bit about an app that you have that people can hop on and, and go and have an adventure at the State Fair. Oh, absolutely. You might want to consider a fourth trip to the fair to try this out. <laughs> okay. But All uh, right. the, uh, the uh, app that I didn't actually develop the app. The app is called Clue Keeper. And we have a game on Clue Keeper that uh, it's a clue hunt. And basically, it's. Uh, uh, it's kind of like a treasure hunt or a, a scavenger hunt, but instead of just um, looking for something like you would in a scavenger hunt and then going to look for the next thing, this is a series of clues and puzzles and riddles that would lead you from one thing to the next. So you get on the app and um, you download the game, and then you uh, how would you how would you say it? you just kind of look at the first clue and you mm-hmm. try to figure that one out, and then you enter your solution and if it's right it'll give you the next clue if not it will tell you it's not <laughs> you can go on from there there are all kinds of hints and and things that you can use so you don't just get stuck all right so th- this is something that what you do with the family mom dad out there you got the kids with you and 
and something you kind of all work on together. Is that the thought process behind it? Oh, yeah. It's great for groups, for families. Um, little kids, your three-year-old would probably need some help, but um, older <laughs> kids or, or grown-ups um, would totally be able to do it. Uh, you, you get to look for things you might not ordinarily see at the fair, uh, little details, things like that, and it's just kind of a different way to move throughout the fair, have some fun if you're, um, you know, in between corn dogs or, or whatever it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's basically a fun group activity. You could do it alone. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it helps to have a few, uh, a few uh, hands and eyes in the game, so... Very cool. So Clue Keeper is the name of the app. And then uh, once you download the app, what do you search for again? Yeah, so it's free to download the app, Clue Keeper. And then you could just click in Find Hunt. And ours is the only one in Iowa right now, so it should be pretty easy. It's actually called The Unfair because there's this little backstory of this uh, kind of kooky inventor guy that feels that his genius is unappreciated and... um, these things he's invented for the fair in the past just haven't really gone over well. So he's starting to think that there's not any intelligence out there, and he wants you to prove him wrong. And if you don't, then he's going to, I don't know, melt the butter cow or something. He's, he's up to no good. <laughs> so we're calling him to uh, you know, solve the riddles and clues. And actually, another cool aspect of this game is it has some augmented reality in it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can, um, a few of the clues, you, there's a component called Zapper where you just hit a button and you look through your phone and you're basically seeing what you would normally see if you're looking through your phone using it as a camera or something. But there's something else that happens. It triggers something. You see something there, and then you have to try to solve the clue from there. So that's kind of a fun extra bit to it. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, very cool. Uh, something a little bit different with the fair. Hope a lot of people are able to go out there. And Well, the fair's already great as it is, but you can add even more adventure, uh, adventure to things with the Clue Keeper app. Awesome stuff there and the unfair uh, game for people out there. Hey, thanks for joining us. So, so what led you down this path, Jennifer? What was it that are you a lover of the Iowa State Fair? What, what came up with the idea to get you to this point to make this? Well, absolutely. I love the fair, and uh, my whole family love. We love uh, like escape rooms, mm-hmm. puzzles, things like that. So I think we've done pretty much every escape room in town. And uh, actually, our daughter, our youngest daughter, who's ten now, last year at school, she did this showcase project where she put together this um, treasure hunt throughout town, or clue hunt sort of thing. The same basic thing, um, but uh, she. We helped her develop a website for it and everything, and it's actually still out there if anybody wants to try it with their kids for free. It's kidventureland.com, and you can do a little free hunt throughout the, throughout the downtown-ish sort of area. But, um, yeah, so we had a lot of fun doing that, and we thought we could take it to the next um, bigger stage and, and put it out there at the fair and let people try it and have some fun. How good is uh, your husband Chip at the uh, the room. I, I I just I don't see that being a straight for him going in and, and being able to solve those puzzles. He is um, he's a communicator. He really helps everybody else work together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, you got to credit him. Sometimes he comes up with the answer himself too. He's he's a smart cookie, but oh, yeah, go. we we enjoy having him with us. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us here today. And again, it is part of the uh, Clue Keeper app. Just search for the Unfair. You can find it and play this game. And uh, while you're out at the Iowa State Fair this final weekend of the year, thank you so much for your time today, Jennifer. 
Thanks for your interest, Trent. Get a big thank you to Jennifer for joining us there, Jim. You're back in here in studio as we wrap things up. And done here in just a couple of minutes as we got Kansas City Chiefs football coming your way mm-hmm. in just a moment. Chiefs and Atlanta, 6 o'clock with the click kickoff, 5 o'clock with the pregame show. So, Jimmy B., what's on your agenda? I know it's not the fair this weekend. What's on your agenda for this week? Well, I'm going to be watching uh, NFL Exhibition Game 2 for a lot of teams. Uh, I will be dialed in. I want to see what Patrick Mahomes does for the Chiefs. I'm real interested, and it's on uh, NFL Network, uh, Buffalo and Cleveland. So you get Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. Uh, two uh, highly prized uh, QBs as rookies uh, matching up. So I'm, I'm going to dial into that one for a little while, I guess, as well, Trent. So I think NFL, for the most part, will be on my agenda. Uh, Cubs-Pittsburgh, I'll, I'll sniff it, as I will Milwaukee and St. Louis. Those are kind of the two baseball games uh, that I'll be dialed into. What about you? Yeah, same uh, baseball this weekend, a lot of that preseason football, Little League World Series. I'll have that on from time to time as I have over the last couple of days. The Iowa team will be back in action tomorrow, so always yes. uh, get a kick out of that. Golf this weekend, probably not too much. And then, Jimmy B, tonight's my last Friday night without football in a long time. In fact, it'll be right. back Friday before uh, I'll have a Friday off with high school football. As next week, we will get, be getting ready for Ankeny High against Ankeny Centennial in our Central Iowa Game of the Week and everyone uh, going forward with that. Jim, you have a good weekend, all right? You too, my brother. And don't forget, everybody, we will be back here bright and early, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday on the Big Talker 1700.